Jackson and of Wilson. My words would better convey both the sadness I feel and the action I was compelled today to make. Our homes, our nation, all the things we believe in are in great danger. The worst deficit comes from a recession. And if we can take the proper action in the proper time, this can be the most important step we could take to prevent another recession. I shall not seek, and I will not accept, the nomination of my party for another term as your president. I have never been a quitter. To leave office before my term is completed is abhorrent to every instinct in my body. But as president, I must put the interests of America first. My conscience tells me that only I, as president, have the constitutional power to firmly shut and seal this book. To use carpools or public transportation whenever you can, every act of energy conservation like this is more than just common sense. I tell you, it is an act of patriotism. I'm not going to subject you to the jumble of charts, figures, and economic jargon of that audit, but rather we'll try to explain where we are, how we got there, and how we can get back. Kuwait is liberated. Iraq's army is defeated. Our military objectives are met. America has a responsibility to stand with our allies when they are trying to save innocent lives and preserve peace, freedom, and stability in Europe. Terrorist attacks can shake the foundations of our biggest buildings, but they cannot touch the foundation of America. These acts shatter steel, but they cannot dent the steel of American resolve. This nation has known hard times before, and we will surely know them again. What sees us through is our strength, our resilience, and our unyielding faith that something better awaits us if we summon the courage to reach for it. Now North Korea's reckless pursuit of nuclear weapons and ballistic missiles threatens the entire world with unthinkable loss of human life. Hello and welcome to Kevin's Podcast Show. I'm your host, Kevin Marshall. Today, presidential politics. Who's running in 2020? Who has the best chance to beat Trump on the Democrat side? But first, let me remind you that we are on the 21-day challenge, 21 podcast in 21 days with 21 minutes of new content each day. That is the challenge. You are part of the challenge because you are part of my show as the audience. In fact, aside from me, you're the most important part of the show. I'd also like to say that this episode is brought to you by Anchor Podcast app. If you want to start your own podcast, go to Anchor Podcast. Also, I want to remind you that my good buddy Drew McSalty has a new podcast called The Shift Ender Podcast. It's available on all of the platforms that mine is available on. That would be Apple Podcast app, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, so forth and so on. A whole bunch of them. I also want to give a shout out to a buddy of mine that's on YouTube, Jason Albert TV. Check out his uh, channel on YouTube, Jason Albert TV. He's a funny, funny guy, and he has some great uh, parodies of some raps on there. He has some great skits. It's odd, quirky humor, and it's the kind of odd, quirky humor that I enjoy. If uh, you like my show, you'll probably like his YouTube channel. I encourage you to check it out. Also, another good buddy of ours, uh, check out Weird Tennessee on Facebook. Go to Facebook app, just go up into the search bar, type in Weird Tennessee. You're going to get all kinds of cool stories there. Some of them you're going to hear on this podcast. 
now. Let's get on with the show. Today, we're going to talk about presidential politics and who might be running against Trump in 2020. Okay, let's jump right into it. These are the announced Democratic candidates so far. These are people who have actually set up exploratory committees or otherwise announced officially that they are running for president on the Democrat ticket in 2020. Julian Castro, who was an Obama administration official, he's also the uh, former mayor of San Antonio, Texas. Kristen Gildebrand, she's a New York City representative. Yeah, I think she's a New York City, New York representative. I should say New York, not New York City. New York representative Kristen, or Kirsten, I'm sorry, Kirsten, Kirsten Gildebrand. Also, Senator Kamala Harris just declared her intentions on Martin Luther King Day. Uh, Massachusetts Senator Elizabeth Warren put forth her candidacy and offered everyone a beer. Hold on a sec. I'm going to get me um, a beer. And also some uh, lesser-known people who are on the Democratic side who have already declared is the Hawaiian U.S. Representative Tulsi Gabbard. Tulsi, I think I'm saying it right, T-U-L-S-I. Former Maryland U.S. Representative John Delaney. Richard Ojeda from Virginia. And entrepreneur Andrew Yang. Those are the ones that have declared. Let's uh, let's talk about a few of the ones that have declared so far. Get a little bit of uh, update on them. See how they're doing. Or see what they're like. Because some of these names, quite honestly, I don't even recognize. So, here we go. Okay, I got a little bit of a disclaimer before I start talking about any of these people. First off, I just want you to know I'm getting this information from Wikipedia. And I realize you could just look it up yourself, but most of you, unless somebody's going to spoon feed it to you, you're not going to look it up. So I'm looking it up for you. And I can only be as accurate as Wikipedia because I really am not concerned enough to delve into it that complete. If any of this information is incorrect, please don't jump on to me on Twitter or send me emails or be nasty about it. Just go on to Wikipedia and edit it yourself and change the whole thing. Okay, the first person we're going to talk about is Kirsten Gildebrand. I think I said that she was a representative from New York. She's actually a senator from New York. She took Hillary Clinton's place. So, she is 52 years old, born December the 9th, 1966, which makes her just a few months younger than me. That's a little disconcerting. But anyway, she went to Dartmouth College, and then she went to the UCLA School of Law. Pretty good school of law, I'm sure. And then she worked in Manhattan as a practicing attorney in the 90s. Then she clerked for some judges, it looks like. She also worked on Senator Clinton's campaigns in 2000. She has been outspoken on sexual assault in the military, sexual harassment, having strongly criticized President Bill Clinton and Senator Al Franken, both fellow Democrats, for sexual uh, misconduct. The Al Franken thing... I'm not an Al Franken fan, but I'm just going to say right now what he did was goofy, and I don't consider it assault. I think that they went way overboard with that. Bill Clinton, on the other hand, well, we know what he did. Anyway, she supports paid family leave, of course, because she doesn't have to pay for it. A federal jobs guarantee. Federal jobs guarantee? How's that work? Rejecting campaign funds from political action committees. Hey, I like that part of it. Shifting away from her more conservative positions on gun control and gun control and immigration, and has called for the abolition and replacement of U.S. Immigration and Customs Enforcement, or ICE. That's not a good idea. 
And just as an aside about the whole immigration thing, let me just say this. I'm for people immigrating to this country. Do it legally. Get properly vetted. And come on in. We can use the help. Okay, let's talk about Kamala Harris. She is the U.S. Senator from California. She is of Jamaican on her father's side and Indian, uh, the country, not Native American, Indian on her mother's side. She was born in Oakland, California. Her mother was, uh, she has passed away. Her mother was a breast cancer scientist who immigrated to the United States. And her name is Sanskrit word for lotus flower, which is wonderful, I guess. After graduating from Montreal's Westmont High School in Quebec. Now, that's weird. She was born in California, but went to Westmont High School in Quebec. Maybe her parents went there. Then she went to Howard University, great school in Washington, D.C., where she majored in political science and economics. Um, And then she returned to California and went to the University of California Hastings College of Law and got her law degree and was admitted to the State Bar of California in 1990. She is 54 years old, which puts her a couple years older than me, and that makes me feel a little bit better about her. Speaking of not being Native American, let's talk about Elizabeth Warren. Elizabeth Warren, who has said that she is Native American, that is to say Cherokee Indian, uh, did a DNA test against the people who probably were on her side saying, no, don't do it, don't do it. But she did it anyway. Come to find out she's like one-tenth of one percent or so. I don't know. It's some inane amount that's, it's, uh, she's not American Indian. Anyway, she was born in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. Uh, she's a practicing attorney, attorney, and formerly she specialized in bankruptcy law. She was born and June twenty second, nineteen forty nine, makes her sixty nine years old. She was a Republican before nineteen ninety six and switched to the Democratic Party in nineteen ninety six. And since then, she has been elected to the Senate from Massachusetts. That's Elizabeth Warren. Uh, I tried to find a clean version of her New Year's Day or New Year's Eve thing where she was trying to get a beer and all that sort of thing. I played a little bit of it just a few seconds ago. I really couldn't find a clean version of it, but it is cringe-worthy, folks. And nothing against this lady. I mean, you know, she's obviously smarter than I'll ever be, but daggone, that was cringe-worthy. I know she was just trying to endear herself to, like, regular folk, but it did not work. All right, we've got one more we're going to read about here, and then I'm going to get into the uh, whole plethora of other potential candidates. Okay, we're going to talk a little bit about Julian Castro. He is the last of the formally declared Democrat candidates. He was the Secretary of Housing and Urban Development under Barack Obama. He is a very young man, in my book, born September the 16th, 1974. He's 44 years old. He used to be the mayor of San Antonio, Texas, and that is where he was born. He has a twin brother named Joaquin, so I guess that would be very handy for, like, you know, in case he dies or something, or they can uh, run his brother around. And uh, Let's talk about his education. He went to Thomas Jefferson High School in San Antonio. He was a sporty. He played football, basketball, tennis, and collected trading cards. So, I don't know, 
what that's got to do with anything. He received an offer to play tennis at Trinity University, but chose to go to Stanford, which was probably a good idea because Stanford was, you know, a better school. But here's the interesting thing about that. Castro has credited affirmative action for his admission to Stanford, telling the New York Times, Joaquin and I got into Stanford because of affirmative action. I scored 12-10 on my SATs. Now, I didn't take the SATs. I took the ACT. But this kid scored a 12-10, which I think is just okay. But anyway... It goes on to say, I scored 12-10 on my SATs, which was lower than the median matriculating student. That's hard to say. But it was lower. That's the point. But I did fine in college and law school. So did Joaquin. I'm a strong supporter of affirmative action because I've seen it work in my own life. Yes, you have seen it work in your own life. That's true. But you took the place of somebody who scored higher on their SATs. And I disagree with that. Uh, you know, it should just be a blind thing. If your SATs are high enough, you go above a certain level, whatever that happens to be, you get in. If you don't, you don't. That's how it should be. He went on to Harvard Law School, which he must be pretty dang smart. I and mean, maybe he just didn't do well on his SATs, but he did go to Harvard Law School, which is supposed to be super hard. And he graduated in 2000. They work for the law. Him and his his brother both work for Akin, Gump, Strauss, Hauer, and Feld. I'm Forrest, Forrest Gump. I'm Dorothy Harris. Well, now we ain't strangers anymore. Never heard of them, but evidently Forrest Gump's there. Let's see. In 2018, he was named as the Dean's Distinguished Fellow and Fellow of the Davilia Chair in International Trade Policy at the Lyndon Baines Johnson School of Public Affairs. Okay. So he seems like he's a pretty smart cat, and there's nothing wrong with that. He says he believes in balanced budgets. He's a strong supporter of the North American Free Trade Agreement. (coughs) Not a fan of that one. He wants to make the first two years of higher education free. Not really a fan of that, because not everybody needs to go to college. Just saying for that. He's also for universal health care and Medicare for all. Not for that. I'm a libertarian. So that's, uh, that's this... Julian Castro fella. We're going to get a little update from the Unknown Redneck and then we'll come back. Hey friends, Unknown Redneck here. And I'm just tickled to death because finally, finally, they have picked out a dress for Starla Jean to get married in. Lord how mercy, what a trip that was. I'm just going to tell you right now, I wasn't excited about that. They was pictures of them dresses all over, well they still pictures of them dresses all over the house. But at least... Cheryl's a-cooking again. She had everybody over at the house last night, and we had us a big supper. And she cooked fried chicken, mashed taters, fried sweet corn, biscuits and gravy. And honey, let me tell you, mmm, that was so good. But Kurt Angle brought his little girlfriend over, Joanne, the one with the blue hair. And he's got blue hair now, too, still. Lord have mercy. Anyhow, they was a-sitting there, and I noticed they wasn't eating no chicken. And I said, honey, is there something wrong with that chicken? And she said, yeah, I don't eat meat. Now, that's just weird to me. I've heard of that. Uh, vegetarians or vegans or whatever they something or whatever they call it. Uh, anyhow, uh, she don't eat meat. And Kurt Angle, up until he started dating this little Joanne girl, getting his hair all blue, he eat hamburger about every day. But now he ain't eating chicken. So I don't even know what to think about that. But anyhow, I didn't have the heart to tell him that them biscuits and gravy that they's a sopping up there, they made that out of that uh, chicken grease. 
And that's, uh, I didn't tell him that, but anyhow, I got a little chuckle out of that. And John Luke, the little Frenchy feller, come over, and buddy, he sure ate some chicken. I'm gonna tell you right now, he ate two or three pieces. If he ain't watch it, he gonna be a fat husband before it's over with, but that's all right. He's a good feller. Anyhow, Starla Jean and, and, her, and, his, and her mama went in there and cleaned things up, and of course, Joanne didn't. And I reckon that's all right. I mean, that's kind of the old tradition about how women go in there and clean up after they get done eating and all that sort of thing. And I, I guess maybe if you're a modern woman, that's all right. But, you know, my, my wife, she's old-fashioned. She, old Cheryl, she just went in there and started washing dishes, and Starla Jean just went in there and helped her because that's the way Starla Jean does. But of course, Kurt Angle and Joanne went in there and played them devilish video games again. And now they're shooting it uh, everybody across the whole internet, I reckon. They're in there just to, every once in a while you hear them holler out. You don't even hear what's going on in there because they got the headphones on. Well, anyhow. We sat in there and we had a pretty good supper and we sat around and studied about how everything was going and they made some final plans on everything and they're trying to lock down me how much I'm going to be in on the hook for this thing. But it don't matter what it is, whatever she needs and whatever she wants. If I can afford it, honey, I'll do it by hook or crook, as they used to say. Anyhow, that's a little update, and I'm glad that Cheryl's cooking again. And and even though Kurt Angle's got blue hair, I'm happy for him. I'm glad he's got him a warmer. I was kind of worried about him for a while. That's a little update from the Unknown Redneck, and you know where I am. Okay, this episode's went by really quick, and that's uh, the one that have the ones that have declared on the Democratic side. We have uh, talked about those and give them a little bit of update. Whenever more people uh, officially declare, maybe I'll have another episode about this. Uh, we need to be informed, folks. We need to be informed. But these are some people who are considering running. Uh, if you want to look them up, New Jersey Senator Cory Booker. He's got a little bit of a problem with the Me Too movement. Hashtag Me Too. Ohio Senator Sherrod Brown, Mississippi Senator Amy Klobucker, Klobucker, I hope I'm saying it right, Amy Klobucker, spelled with a K, K K-L-O-B-U-C-H-A-R, Montana Governor Steve Bullock, and former Colorado Governor John Hickenlooper, and of course the names that are being bandied bandied around uh, in certain circles is Joe Biden, uh, former Vice President with uh, Obama, and also Michael Bloomberg, who for, he's the former New York City mayor, also Bloomberg Television, and he was also a former Republican. That's two former Republicans in there, Elizabeth Warren's and the other one. And, of course, old Bernie Sanders is in there thinking about running again, Vermont Senator Bernie Sanders. And daggone, he's getting a little long in the tooth for that. Uh, former Virginia Governor Terry McAuliffe, L.A. Mayor Eric Garcetti, and former Texas U.S. Representative Beto O'Rourke is considering running. And I'm just going to say right now, I would love it if Beto O'Rourke got in there and actually won the, the nomination. And I'll tell you why, because I know what Trump's going to say to him. He's going to say, you couldn't even beat Ted Cruz, and I beat Ted Cruz, so how do you expect to win? But that's our list. We're coming up on the end of this thing, uh, folks. 21 minutes it might have actually went a little bit over and i apologize for that supposed to be 21 minutes but this is the 21 day challenge on kevin's podcast show 21 days 21 podcast with 21 minutes of new content uh also remind you to check out my buddy drew mcsalty's podcast shift ender podcast it's available on uh apple podcast app itunes google play spotify stitcher as well as mine uh, anywhere you can find my podcast you can find his podcast also check out jason albert tv on youtube let them know that you heard it from me folks weird tennessee on facebook i'm gonna have to go now so see you bye thank you for listening mr truitt your question to president reagan 
Mr. President, I want to raise an issue that I think has been lurking out there for two or three weeks and cast it specifically in national security terms. You already are the oldest president in history, and some of your staff say you were tired after your most recent encounter with Mr. Mr. Uh, Mondale. Um, I recall yet that President Kennedy had to go for days on end with very little sleep during the Cuba Missile Crisis. Is there any doubt in your mind that you would be able to function in such circumstances? Not at all, Mr. Truitt, and I, and I want you to know that also I will not make age an issue of this campaign. I am not going to exploit for political purposes my opponent's youth and inexperience. <laughs>